1: Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to season five, episode fourteen of Music Is Not a Genre (MXG). This is the last episode of this calendar year. I'm very excited for it. We're going to bring it out in style. Thanks, as always, for watching and listening. Don't forget, you can support this podcast at Patreon.com/slash Music Is Not a Genre or Anchor.fm/slash Music Is Not a Genre. Very small monthly donations can really help. Hugely. Uh, and I have some goals for next year for production for this that I'd really like to meet. And you could really help with that. The public hub is youtube.com slash at music is not a genre. My website is nickdamatio.com. And my favorite site of all, please listen to and support my band Wreck at wreckarea.bandcamp.com, where we just released a brand new album. It wasn't me. It's only about a week old. Cover songs, movie music, previously unreleased material, all fully remastered. It won't be on streaming services for the next few weeks, so Bandcamp's the only place you can get it. Please go there and check it out. Let's get to today's topic. The best Christmas album? There's no such thing, but... Yeah, that was my title. That was my dramatic reading of my title. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm also using a new selfie stick here, or whatever you call it, with the ring light. Uh, So if things look different, if the angle's slightly different, that's why that stalwart of mine that I've used for three years finally broke and died and there was nothing else I can do for it. So uh, please welcome the uh, new production team member here, Uh, Torjam, I think, uh, Selfie Stick, I don't remember. Uh, So this is, yes, another holiday and in particular Christmas uh, episode. At the end of each calendar year, I have tended to do that, uh, at least for the last three seasons. Uh, Next year, I think I might switch it up, do something a little different. But, you know, I have a year to think about it. So we'll see what happens when we get there. And this year, I'm going to be doing a few things. I'm going to do a little genre hop through Christmas albums, some of my favorites, some notable ones, just quickly, because that's not what this particular episode is about. But it's a nice place to start. Uh, I am going to go through... My little black book. For those of you who are just listening, I am pointing at uh, one of those case logic CD cases because I'm trying to conserve space here. And I have so many CDs, even though I got rid of so many a few years ago, that I don't know where to put them all. And I don't want to throw them out. And I want to keep the artwork. So I have t- gotten rid of these here, or kept some of them, but the jewel cases, which I use for other purposes sometimes. And I'm just putting everything in this case logic. And the great thing is, the first thing I put in there were Christmas albums. So I'm going to be rifling and riffling through that. And then I'm going to mention some of my favorite Christmas albums and determine if maybe one of those is the best Christmas album ever. And I'm also going to go through some new things, things that are new to me, things that are new to this year, and talk about a couple of those songs and albums. And then finally, uh, a little end mention of what I think are the both the best and the worst Christmas songs, and I'll explain my reasoning when I get there. So let's get right into it as a little overview. I read recently that the first ever rock and roll Christmas song, uh, what do you think it is? No, it's not Run, Run, Rudolph. It's not uh, Darlene Love. That was a few years later. Uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home and the Phil Spector. Uh, it is not Jingle Bell Rock. Beaten by a couple of months, Jingle Bell Rock was It's Christmas Time, Pretty Baby by Elvis. It surprised me uh, for so many reasons, but mainly because I didn't think Elvis got there first. You know, I I honestly thought all these years that it was Chuck Berry because Chuck Berry was the first in so many things. And I have to be honest, that's actually that album that that comes from is actually a really good album. And I'm not the biggest Elvis fan in the world. But I enjoy the Christmas, uh, his Christmas album very much, and that song in particular, which I believe was an original, uh, was considered the first released rock and roll Christmas song. And that kind of go, go gets into a point that I will bring up a couple of times here, which is for whatever reason, for me in particular, and I think for a lot of people, it's easier to get into cheesy music around the holidays or let's say music you you particularly wouldn't normally listen to let's put it that way let's take the judgment out of it and say oh there's a certain kind of music that you might think is just not interesting to you or you've heard so much of it before but then when christmas time comes all of a sudden all bets are off right and that to me for me is that elvis album absolutely uh there's been there have been a ton of rock christmas albums and songs since then uh some of the ones in no particular order phil Spector's, which was a revelation when it came out we all know phil Spector's history but we have to give props to the artists on that album for killing it again darlene love uh beach boys did did stuff Uh, i just threw in here for fun i think recently last year or two judas priest's rob halford put out a Christmas album that sounds like, you know, vintage Judas Priest, honestly. And if we want to throw that in in here, uh, I guess you'd call this more alt than rock, but who cares because genres, you know, suck. Weezer's uh, Christmas album is a lot to me like Weezer's uh, covers album, which is, they're not bad. Now, that said, I think the Christmas album's better than the covers album because it sounds more like Weezer. So they take these songs and interpret them in a Weezer way, and uh, yeah, I think listening to all of those songs back to back gets to be a little bit much. But that's just because I have this kind of love hate thing with Weezer, you know. And 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 believe me, this is this again. This is not what this episode is about. So I'm just doing like an overview like this and just naming a few things uh, before I get more into the alt thing, uh, of which I haven't listed much. I have to make mention, and I may have mentioned this before of two things. One is um, the Beach Boys song, Ooh, Merry Christmas time, Christmas comes this time each year. I love that song, but it always makes me laugh because that's such uh, a self-evident line, Christmas comes this time each year. Uh, I think that's what it is. Yeah, this time is... It's kind of funny to me. Uh, Think about it. Uh, Then the Beatles... Never officially put out a Christmas song as a single or a Christmas album. But every year for their fans, for I believe eight years in a row, I think it was, I want to say it was 62 through 70, or 62 through 69, you know. Those eight years, they released for their fans uh, uh, one of those floppy like fan uh, 45s, I believe it was. Uh, I think so. Uh, I don't have all the details here. But one year, I listened to all of them back-to-back in sequential order, uh, chronological order. I think I found them on YouTube. Somebody put them all together. And wow, talk about a trip. Talk about going from that kind of early rock and roll sound, of a somewhat uh, innocent sound, but with a lot of energy, to more and more complex and then just completely out there. It is absolutely a trip worth taking. It doesn't really qualify, you know, as a song. I mean, that first one, Christmas, Christmas time is here, or whatever it is, that's that's a song. But, you know, and they do some other kind of Christmassy Beatles songs. But the trip itself is just wild. Uh, note there. Okay, so I'm going to mention a very special Christmas, uh, volumes one and two, because there were two put out, and it, it was all kind of alt-stars in the late 80s, early 90s. I uh, don't know much about the second one. I looked through it, and it doesn't seem like it was quite as uh, kicking as the first one. But that first one is a classic to me. And I think, I think, the hell this, I'm going to break out my black book now because I think I have that here. And you're going to see me probably put some, you know, uh, yeah, here it is, some glasses on so I can read this shit and here it is. So let me show it to you. Oh, this is a Very Special Christmas 3. So I think I have a Very Special Christmas 2 on, um, on what's it called, on a, a cassette. And so I didn't take that out. But this is an interesting one. Jeez. So this was 97. The first one was, what, 90, I think, 89, 90? And then 92 was the second one. 97 is this one. And this has Sting, Smashing Pumpkins, Natalie Merchant. So these are like 90s. And no doubt, Cheryl Crow, Blues Traveler, Enya, Hootie, Chris Cornell, you know, Mary J. Blige. It's actually a pretty nice mix of things. And then it's, uh, an old guard, Steve Winwood, Tracy Chapman, Patti Smith. Uh, so I don't have the the first one. But that first one, I absolutely loved. And my special, you know, mix that I talked about last year uh, in the Christmas episode has several songs from that album the just look for a very special christmas one uh again 89 or 90 i believe it has my favorite version of christmas baby please come home by you two, and i think i mentioned this before but there's the end of that song where bono goes
2: baby please come home
1: i thought was at some point in some version of that song prior to that but so far as I know, he made that up. And I find that to be classic. I find that version to be classic. Uh, I mean, you can't—you got to give it to Darlene Love. The song itself is great. Uh, the Johnny Ramone or Ramone's version or whatever, also very good. There's so many other versions, but that one's my favorite. So I had to mention this album. Uh, let's go through this book because I'm going to be mentioning some other things. Jazz Christmas albums are some of my favorites Whether it's vocal jazz like Tony Bennett, uh, you know, or instrumental jazz like John Pizzarelli or Dave Brubeck, I have those here. I have um, a Dave Brubeck Christmas, uh, which I think is awesome. I have Joy, well, no, that's, that's classical, is another uh genre that i do have some history in because i went to music you know i went to school for music and i studied it and i played it on the piano and i sang some of it etc but it was never my all-time favorite or the top uh, for me in many ways uh but i've always loved it i've always appreciated it and i uh, certainly appreciate it more around the holidays i mean that's just true you know uh we have here uh let's see uh, I'm looking through, there's, so oh, Patrick Stewart's The Christmas Carol. And yeah, A Merry Jasmus was something I was going to mention because it's the first ever Christmas CD that I bought. And I don't recall what year it is, but take a look at that. For those of you who can't, you know, I'm, I apologize if you can't see. It looks like this was released in 92. So, um, yeah, and and it it was... Again, the first jazz collection of Christmas songs that I bought. And I haven't looked back. I mean, every year I'm going to put on some kind of a jazz Christmas mix at some point. Usually I prefer the instrumental ones, unless it's somebody who just kills it. And we're kind of swinging over into that, which is Ella. And I'm going to mention Ella's later. Uh, You know, Tony Bennett, I mentioned. Here's the John Pizzarelli one. Let's share Christmas. I always really, really enjoyed... Uh, If you're talking about soul, you have to give props to Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, uh, which I have. James Brown here, which I've got to show you this, you know, funky Christmas. Oh, my God. I mean, that's probably that might be my top one just because it's so unexpected as far as soul. And uh, I said Stevie Wonder Jackson five we have and. There are so many other great soul Christmas albums. I mean, Someday at Christmas, Stevie Wonder, like I mentioned. And then you've got kind of the weird ones, like Run DMC's uh, song Christmas and Hollis. You've got uh, this one here, Escavel, Merry Christmas from the Space Space Age Bachelor Pad. If you don't know Escavel, I believe I mentioned him in a previous uh, episode of Christmas and maybe one other episode. You have to look up Escavel. I'm only going to say that uh, at least twice more. You have to look up Escavel. You have to look up Esquivel. E-S-Q-U-I-V-E-L. Because it's like lounge music, instrumental usually with some vocals in there. Uh, that's just trippy and it is very Space Age. It's weird and it's weird in a way you wouldn't expect things to be weird from that time you know so why don't i just get straight into the the kind of the the meat here and that is what are my favorite christmas albums that's it's not easy because again i'm more prone to liking christmas music and and music this time of year for this time of year than any other time of year it's just that kind of festive feeling And why not? And it opens me up to being even more forgiving when it comes to certain kinds of music and and all of that stuff. So I'm just going to mention these in no particular order other than what I wrote down. Uh, And that is, here we go, number one. And these are candidates for the best Christmas album ever. One of you may believe that one of these is the best Christmas album ever, or I may not mention anything anywhere near that. Uh, the one that's your favorite, and that's okay too, you know. Or in fact, I'd like to know. Comment, tell me what your favorite Christmas or other holiday era time songs are or albums are, because I'm going to be doing that, you know. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass judgment. I'm gonna make a judgment call. Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas. I mean, I'm gonna mention one line. It's in the bag. If you know this album you know what song that comes from and you know why that's just one reason it makes this entire album awesome. I mean, Ella is awesome. You know, when I heard her do a cream song earlier this year, it was like, Oh, so she could do anything, you know, and could make it her own. And of course, but you know, you need to be reminded of that with, with a lot of people, legends and people that you may not know their whole catalog, you know, Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas, 1960. Absolutely incredible. Lou Rawls, I mentioned last year. It got me on a kind of a tangent with uh, uh, some great uh, results uh, this past year. I think it was last year. Lou Rawls, Merry Christmas, oh ho, ho ho. Why, right? And I'll I'll just briefly go over it again because again, like I said, I dedicated an episode to this. It's you you don't ex- you say okay, Lou Rawls, good singer, fine. You know, some of the You'll Never Find and some of his 60s stuff, but that's it. But then you listen to this album and you're like, it would have been great to see him live because he just blows you away. And this album is so Lou Rawls, but such good songs. He, I, again, like uh, I think his version of What Are You Doing New Year's Eve very different than you hear that. Think of that song and in your head you hear melancholy That's not how he does it. It's my second favorite version of that song. 1967 album. Which brings me to the album that has my first favorite version of What Are You Doing New Year's Eve. And that is the 1993 album When My Heart Finds Christmas by Harry Connick Jr. Ironically, the uh, title song, the original, is not one of my favorites from that album. But I'm going to go through uh, this list real quick. And I won't, actually. I'm only going to give you... The ones that are my super, super favorites. And that's number three. It must have been Old Santa Claus. Very New Orleans. freaking awesome. Uh, Ave Maria. I've sung that my entire life. I think I've done it uh, better, to be honest. I Pray on Christmas is probably my, uh, my top two favorites in this album. I Pray on Christmas from this album. For those of you who can't see, what uh, When My Heart Finds Christmas, 1993, Harry Connick Jr., and then the closer is his version of "What Are You Doing New Year's Eve." There's certain vocal things he does for that. Of course, his piano's always been great. Uh, that when I do that song, I crib from that. I just do. It's it's my favorite version of that song. And then another favorite here. I don't have the the CD, and you know that's okay. But it's this is a childhood favorite, and it's one that I've revisited many times. It's on my playlist. And it's still one of my favorites, and that is Eugene Ormandy and the Philadelphia Orchestra's "The Glorious Sound of Christmas" from 1962. Every year, as part of my dad's mix, which was first LPs and then I think burned onto or you know recorded on the cassettes, uh, that was played. And every year as a kid, I would wait for the song "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen." I have a comment about that song title in a second. And would gallop around and around this area of my house because that they kind of did like a like a horse horse galloping sound there, and it got me just so up and so and so there's energy and there's beauty and it's orchestral and it's it, and it's grand and it gets soft and it gets intimate. It's a really well done album, beautiful album, and it's you know Philadelphia Orchestra and I'm a Philly guy so. You know, that that has a special place in my heart, too. But I was looking this up, uh, God rest ye, merry gentlemen, and I noticed something odd. And that is, God rest ye, merry gentlemen, in your head when you hear that, you think to yourself, God God rest ye, merry gentlemen. But the comma is not after ye or you. It's after Mary. And I looked it up and it's been done both ways, but the consensus is the that's the correct way to do it is after Mary. So think about that. God rest you Mary, gentlemen. Let's set aside gender specificity uh, you know we, we're dealing with that now in the world and that's fine but just let's take the song at face value. God rest you Mary means you know kind of relax and be merry keep yourself merry my my hope, my prayer to you is that you can be happy, gentlemen. So it's not a song about merry gentlemen. It's about wishing that these gentlemen, these people are merry. I don't know why that blew me away. I don't know. Whatever. And then I mean, okay, I'm leaving some of the ringers for last. I have three more to go through. And yeah, one of them, uh is 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 more of a ringer for me, but if you've ever heard it, it might also be for you. And that is George Winston's 1982 album December. He was part of that movement of uh, new age instrumental artists who came out of sort of the late 60s into the early 70s and really kind of gained a lot of fame, especially in the in the 80s, really. And anytime we'd go to like New Hope, Pennsylvania or a place that had one of those new age stores, there'd always be Wyndham Hill recordings there. And George Winston was kind of the top artist in that uh, label. That album, December, is my favorite of his. And there are several great albums that he's put out. And every song on there is absolutely beautiful. And it's one of those albums where it doesn't matter when I hear it, what time of year I hear it, which song from the album I hear it. Always, both makes me happy and relaxes me. And there's a version of Carol of the Bells on that album that uh, I'm going to reference later when I talk about well, another topic. I don't want to, it's no spoilers here, but it, I think start with that. Start with George Winston, December, Carol of the Bells. And tell me what you think of his arrangement, his interpretation, and how many different changes it goes through, and just the, the beauty and haunting nature of it and energy of it, all packed into that song. The rest of the album's like that, too. Which brings me to the last two uh, on my favorites list. And man, and we'll talk about you know, I'd hate to see these two in the, you know, Super Bowl or World Series. And that is number, uh, though, whatever. No numbers. Johnny Mathis, Merry Christmas from 1958. Well, a good point to make is every one of these artists put out more than one Christmas album. Ella did it. She did a more religious one later on, I think in the 60s. Harry Connick has put out a I think more than two, probably three or four. Lou Rawls did it, I think, uh, later, a few times, but then actually very late in his career, shortly before he died. I'm sure Eugene Normaney put more out, although don't quote me on that. Johnny Mathis, George Winston didn't. That's the one, I don't think so, anyway. Oh, no, that's not true. George Winston did a version of uh, Vince Giraldi's album, which, uh, you know, get to in a second. Johnny Mathis put out several christmas albums johnny mathis himself is an absolute classic johnny mathis's merry christmas from 1958 was played alongside that eugene normandy eugene ormandy album the philadelphia orchestra uh in my household every year in fact to this day i will again be visiting my parents for christmas eve they will play that they will play both of those among many other things that are repeated every year, which is very endearing. And I'm not sure as far as a vocal Christmas album that you can ever beat this Johnny Mathis album. It is kind of synonymous with the holidays at this point. And, and that's kind of my judgment on there. And I'm, there's a reason why I said vocal, because I'm not going to be able to pick between these two so I'm splitting between vocal and instrumental, even though there's a few vocals on this next one. You, you get what I'm saying. And the last one I'm mentioning is A Charlie Brown Christmas. A Charlie Brown Christmas that does have an R in it by, of course, Vince Garaldi, the great jazz pianist who had hits before then and a few after, but is best known for this. 1965 album from the Special. Uh, everyone knows this music, and if you don't, you're either not old enough, or way too old, or you have been living in a cave. Uh, I may think maybe even more so than the Johnny Mathis album that people know this music. You think of the you know bass riff na 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 you know or
2: Christmas time is here.
1: Any of those and. You know what I'm talking about. I would bet you that 98% of you out there know what I'm talking about. As far as an instrumental Christmas album, it can't be beat. It can't be beat. So what do I do, right? Vince Giraldi, Johnny Mathis, two very different albums. One largely vocal, one largely instrumental. Uh, beautiful for different reasons fun and exciting and energetic and warm for different reasons. I wouldn't pick a favorite myself because all of these are my favorites and those two are certainly you know near the top with well with all seven of these that I've mentioned but particularly the these two George Winston uh Eugene Normandy you know uh I forget it all seven. I am going to say this, that if you had to force me to pick what the best Christmas album is, not the favorite, I'm going to have to go with Vince Guaraldi. Not because I think it's better than Johnny Mathis. Not because I think Johnny Mathis is is better than Vince Guaraldi. I think they're, they're, again, great for different reasons. But just in terms of recognizability, ubiquity, uh, all of that, both of them are brilliant and excellent but i'm going to give the edge to vince garaldi and i want to hear your opinion on this i i have i have just made the grandest announcement in 2022 which is the best christmas album ever in history is vince garaldi's charlie brown christmas from 1965 what do you think you know or if you know you uh, talk to my the south philly relatives a charlie brown christmas I want to know what you think about that. Uh, I'm going to get to something really fun in a second, but let me do well it's all fun to me, but I, let me do this real quick. I'm going to put my little big big black book down uh, for those of you who can't see you, you didn't miss anything. There are a couple new things I always I you know, I think you know that I'm obsessed with always keeping in touch with things. I try to absorb uh, a certain amount of new music every year. Uh, it's somewhat arbitrary, but I and I try to spread the net kind of wide. And that is true for Christmas songs as well. So I was listening to a uh, uh, you know, mix somewhere, and I heard an instrumental version of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, I mean, an instant classic, still a classic. This instrumental version had this beautiful trumpet or whatever, and the trumpet sounded recognizable. And I said to myself, It sounds like Herb Alpert, but Herb Alpert was like 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, I think he even had a hit in the 80s. I, I know he worked past that, but we're talking about a song that's 30 years old almost. Is this something that he did, you know, in the 90s? or in the O's before he died, or something like that. These are the questions going through my head. And then I looked it up and was blown away by a couple of things. One is, he's not dead. He's 87 years old and still kicking it. And why do I know he's still kicking it? Because this is a brand new release, a new Herb Alpert Christmas uh, album, including his version of the Mariah Carey song. So look up her Alpert, All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, and if you like that kind of music, if you know who that is, or even if you just know the original song, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, then we have another, this is going to be weird, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you. I have some friends in the band that I'm in who tend to like alternative music, et cetera, or progressive or hard rock or whatever. They both happen to really love Justin Bieber as well. And I know enough of Justin Bieber's hits to know that they're quality, etc. I'm not going to put them at the top of any of my lists, but I have respect. But that said, there have now been two Justin Bieber collab Christmas songs that that I've enjoyed that I've put on my playlist. And one is from a few years ago, The Drummer Boy. I forget what the exact title was. That might be it his version of Little Drummer Boy with whoever he collaborated with on that. But then one from last year, which I just heard for the first time this year, Lonely Christmas, I was again, like, listening and, like, this sound sounds familiar, and I actually really like this song, you know, And, and my wife was like, that's Justin Bieber. I'm like, oh, there you go again. So for whatever reason, the Christmas stuff that he does, it's like I said with Elvis, you know. Uh, Earth, Wind and Fire's song, September, everybody, well, no, I won't say everybody knows, but a lot of people know it. Do you remember the 21st night? Uh, I'm not singing in key, September. Right. So I was listening to something, I think it was on TV, and I heard that song, but they said December. And I was like, wait a second. Did somebody redo this and put that in? Is that clever? Whatever. They did it in the late 70s. They just redid a version for their Christmas album and changed it to December, changed some of the lyrics. And uh, I don't know how that many years have passed that I had never heard this before. So this is not new, but it's new to me. And so Earth, Wind & Fire's December, uh, that should be on everybody's playlist. Because September, and you hear it a lot, some might say it's overplayed, but when you hear it, you still get happy. But then you switch it up, and it's December, and it's Christmas, it's the holidays, it's going to bring you joy, right? One more that I'm going to say, new-wise, and that is uh, Leslie Odom Jr. So he's an actor, and he was in Hamilton. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with him uh, as an actor uh, on The Many Saints of Newark. I was not in any scenes. Well, I was technically in a scene with him, although we were on opposite sides of shooting, and uh, one of us didn't make it. Uh, And... A uh, wonderful guy. And I knew, of course, through his history, that he's a singer, musician. My assumption is always give people the benefit of the doubt because there are so many actors who are known for being actors who whose first love is music or who are actually as good as, if not better, than their acting in music. And with Leslie Odom Jr., it was the same thing. I thought, oh, well, is this just going to be kind of an easy listening, somewhat jazzy somewhat soulful you know uh, approach to things. There's so much artistry on this album. every song I've heard from uh, Leslie Odom Jr's Christmas album surprises me in ways that I didn't expect. The, it, it, and it's the subtleties it's the delivery it's it's not just straight up pop jazz or soul, both of which are fine it's jazz jazz it's interpretive it's very personal it's unique and if i were picking one thing out of all of my new slash new to me i would say go leslie odom jr go to that album it'll put you in a lot of different moods and it's just great singing it's just absolutely great singing uh quick note about i'm taking this big black book out again Because you all know, probably, and I mentioned this on uh, the covers, uh, you know, last year, last year, last week's covers episode, but I'm going to mention it again. You all know that I'm a huge fan of Chicago. Actually, my most watched video right now is the video uh, on uh, Terry Kath, the late guitarist from Chicago. And... I'm prone to want to like everything they do. Doesn't mean that I like that I do or that I like, you know, all things equally. That's certainly not true. But you would think Christmas, I'm more inclined to like things and be more forgiving. Chicago, I'm more inclined to want to like their, theirs. So, Chicago 25, if you know their naming conventions generally center around numbers, is all Christmas. And,. There might be a song or two on there that I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, not bad. I was so disappointed. I thought it was as antiseptic as everything else that they had been doing in the 90s and 0s, and, and, and it was one of those albums that should have been an easy fit, and it made me sad. Now I'm going to keep it. I'll revisit it and see maybe was I wrong, but I have to tell you I was really disappointed and I think it is because, like I said last week, it's really easy to get lazy interpreting well-known songs. And even though, you know, in terms of their singing instrument, you know, being a musician is hard. Being a producer is hard. I'm not saying that the work itself is lazy. But the interpretations, to me, seemed uninspired. And I think that one of the reasons why you know, Christmas is is that special time of year and any playlist, whatever, is there is a lot of forgiving when it comes to certain things like that. And yet I have to say, I'm so selective that there are probably eighty percent of Christmas music is probably stuff that I'd be like, Yeah, it's fine. I don't dislike it, but I don't love it. And that's absolutely true for a song uh, an album like this, the Chicago's Christmas album Chicago Twenty Five. My current favorite song, for those of you who are asking, is pro- was probably my favorite song last year, too. But I had the pleasure of performing it this year at a mini Christmas concert online just uh, this past week. And it's uh, Donny Hathaway's This Christmas.
2: Hang on the mistletoe I wanna get to know you better This Christmas I'm
1: not warmed up. the The song... Always makes me happy. There are some other versions that do it justice. There are probably quite a few that do it justice. I haven't heard that many of them. But you, this is one where you can't beat the original. And you should look up not just Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. Look up the video that went with it. This animated video that kind of has a... It's a 70s song, so it has that 70s animation feel to it. Like a Bad Albert feel to it. Um, amazing song, amazing singer. It's such a cool video. Uh, I may, if I have time, include a live version of that here at the end of this. I haven't decided yet. It is the holiday season and there's so many things to do. If I don't, maybe one day I I will uh, record it well enough to be included somewhere. But just know that that's my current favorite Christmas song, is Donny Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. Which brings me to the last part of this episode, and that is another grand pronouncement. And it's about songs. This time, not about albums. That's why I left it for last. And that is, I'm going to name two songs, as I teased. One, I think, is the absolute worst Christmas song, and one is the absolute best. Not because it's the worst song ever written Christmas wise or the best song ever written that's not why it's the overall package of my philosophy which is if a song is good and fundamentally good in terms of its artistry and composition and craft you can't do a fully bad version of it there's no such thing as a fully bad version of a song that, that that's that good that's great it's classic whereas songs that are mediocre or worse then yeah, now and then you can do a good version of those many of the, many have been done of many of those kinds of songs but this particular song i just maybe just don't like cuz i don't think it achieves what it what it sets out to achieve i find it plodding I find it uh, boring. I find it uninspiring when it is intending to inspire. And I have never heard one single good version of this song. Never. Not if that was torn up and made into like punk. Not if it was a freaking instrumental version, even without the treacly lyrics. And that is the song, Do You Hear What I Hear. There's something about just saying the title that actually makes me a little queasy. I I don't know how to explain it other than I have I, I have literally never heard a good version of this. My dad used to do it live. We used to, I used to have to sing it with him in these big Christmas shows we did when I was a kid. Didn't even like those versions. And that's my grand pronouncement. Somebody were to ask me and or you what's the worst Christmas song in the world? I'm going with Do You Hear What I Hear. It's 50 times worse than Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That's a that's a classic compared to this, and I do like that song. But there is no bad version, going back to the George Winston album, I mentioned this song, of Carol of the Bells. I've heard weird electronic versions. I've heard in heavy metal versions. I've heard the classic versions. I've heard Versions with vocals, versions without vocals and lyrics. I've never heard a version of Carol of the Bells that I have flat out said, I can't take this. Or this is bad. Or this is unlistenable. And that's why... Because, listen... There are so many great songs, uh, you know, uh, Christmas, uh, chestnuts roasting and open fire, open open fire, and all the classic Christmas songs. Even all I want for Christmas is you. Christmas baby, please come home. So many of these uh, that have been covered and covered and covered and covered and covered. But even for those, you're gonna find a version that's like, eh, that's okay. It's not great. I can turn that off. They're not doing anything interesting with it. There's something about Carol of the Bells that it doesn't matter who does it, how. Amazing the performances, how average the performance is. I've never heard a bad version of Carol of the Bells. So those are my those are my grand pronouncements. Best Christmas album ever, Vince Garaldi, close second, Johnny Mathis. Worst Christmas song ever. Do you hear what I hear? Best Christmas song ever for the reasons I said Carol of the Bells. Uh, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I'd like to. So please comment. Let me know what you think. And apologies to everybody out there who doesn't celebrate Christmas or who doesn't like Christmas music, although I have to have a serious talk to you. Uh, Whether you are uh, into the holidays or religious or not, I'm not particularly religious, but I am into the holidays. Uh, If there is no Christmas song that you like or holiday song, let's say, or holiday time song or winter song, I'm going to have to have a talk with you. But otherwise, and including you, please let me know what you agree with, disagree with, liked or disliked, because as always, my objectives here are music, conversation and connection. Thank you. And I will see you next year with a new Beatles episode. Take care.
2: I'm gonna get to know you better This Christmas And as we trim the tree How much fun it's gonna be together Mm. This Christmas Firesides blazing bright We're caroling This will be a very special Christmas for me. Yeah. Presents and cards are here. My world is filled with cheer and you. This Christmas, and as I look around, your eyes outshine the town they do. This Christmas, firesides blazing bright. We're caroling through the night, and this Christmas will be a very special Christmas. Merry Christmas All over
3: this land Merry Christmas It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football